Philosophy. Descartes. Debate. The Mepropod. 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 The awesomest discussion podcast in the history of the human species. Oh, yeah! Let me tell you of an interview with an old man emu. He's got a beak and feathers and things, but the poor old fella ain't got no wings. Aren't you jealous of the wedge-tailed eagle? I'm better to da 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 Well, the eagle's flying round and round to keep my two feet firmly on the ground. Now, I can't fly, but I'm telling you, I can run the pants of a kangaroo. But da da He can't fly, but I'm telling you, he can run the pants of a kangaroo. All right, in that case, welcome to episode 148 of the MEP Report, February 22nd, 2016. What's up, two, people? Two, two, two. That's right. Two, 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 uh, well, it depends on how long you're planning on living. If you're going to live <laughs> till then, then you'll keep replacing us with other, you know, with people who like him or tell you better. I would never that. replace you guys with anyone that weren't uh, clones of yourselves. So don't worry. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so story that might be the three. Only thing worse than living twenty two twenty two is to be continually renewed and start a new life in like twenty eight. As a clone, God. if you start doing that, I'm going to start singing that in the year two thousand. You know, the 122. Oh, my God. That's true. I don't think there's any I, I for some reason we put all of this emphasis on on those particular year numbers. But I don't think there's anything associated with. Is there anything in popular lore or anything that says like 2222? Like 2001 was a space odyssey, but well before we got to 2001. I right? think we're about 100 years from the literary references to 2222. Yeah. Except yeah. there's like occasional like Doctor Who and Star Trek that are just like, you know, 5,790. But like other than that. Yeah. You know, I don't think that the like mid near future, the like next, you know, once you get to 250 years out, that's just beyond people's confidence. Yeah. I mean, the Mayans talk about like things in t- or, and and uh, the Hindus as well in like 20,000 year cycles. But nobody cares about 2000 year cycles. Once you're off the round number they're they're done with it. Well, we've talked about this before, right? The fact that um, that Star Trek often completely, as, as much as it gets a lot of the possible futures right, it's often amazing how much it gets wrong when it comes to, like, uh, a time predictions. So it's like, you know, ah, the great eugenics wars of 1994 where rocket ships rocketed to take over Alpha Centauri. And I'm like, yeah, that's that was not going on in 1994. Yeah, I think data from Next Generation um, should have already been created or something like that. Yeah, like, they, it's and some things, of course, they, you know, things have more or less come to pass. And there's other things that they're just like... Not so much. We haven't quite gotten to the, you know. It's actually the 50th anniversary of Star Trek this year. Do you know that? I hope the original. I hope I'm not that old that it's uh, the, yes, the original. sequel. <laughs> it, is, it is the original, yes. Um, but still, I mean, the you know, 50 years of the original Star Trek. Um, and so I was at a, a couple of weeks ago, I was at the uh, Farpoint Convention in Baltimore where they made a big deal about this. And uh, so I was talking to some some Star Trek writers there and stuff and it's you know it's like we were talking about with Star Wars. It's one of those like cultural touchstones that that Star Trek is just this thing. And you have your own Star Trek, right? Like everybody's got their like everyone has their own Doctor Who. Uh, everyone's got their own Star Trek. For me, it was the original series because I watched reruns of it with my dad. I think you guys were more next gen people, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I, mean, I never watched that much Star Trek. To the extent that I did, it was mostly the original. Mostly the original. Oh, okay. I, okay. I saw a little bit of the Next Generation, but it was mostly mostly the original. Would you say you were more were Were you more of a Doctor Who guy story or at all? Absolutely. Or yeah. I grew up entirely on the original Doctor so Who. Funny. And I never liked it. I tried it I multiple loved times. Loved it. Yeah. I. I it was my. I said for probably ten years of my life that it was my favorite TV show of all time, and it probably. I mean, I've now. Alex and I are watching the the reboot and we're we're through season 9 which I think is the most recently completed season. So we've been watching that for for years together and and it's very very good. It's in the spirit of the original. It's it's excellent. It's probably still cumulatively maybe my favorite TV show of all time. 
Interesting. It's really phenomenal. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know what it was. I, I just, I think, actually, I'll tell you exactly what it was to begin <laughs> with. It was a completely ridiculous bias. I, I just okay. figured it out just now. It was the fact that it you looked like a freaking soap opera. The, the, cause it looked like it was set on videotape instead of film. And I think I had this terrible oh, prejudice early on that I was like, graphics. I can't take, yeah, yeah, I can't take it seriously. I'm like, it's like a soap opera. And then after See, that, some of the monsters seem ridiculous. And I was like, why is the, why is that big robot I'm, I'm that says exterminate? Why am I supposed to be scared of that? And I don't know. I just never. I don't know, Most man. of my yeah. knowledge of, of Doctor Who comes from an improv team called in the city called Doctor Who Live, who uh, I still know virtually nothing of either the original or the current series. But all I know is that every episode in the improv show, there's a doctor and there's a companion and then there's some kind of wait, Dalek. That's from that. right? Yeah, I think it's, yes, da- it's Dalek, right? Robots. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's this is actually criminal that given given your cumulative, the two of you's sci fi love. That you have this impression and this little understanding and well, I know it. of it. In fairness, I I it's have watched. Crim- I've watched probably I would say about a total of eight episodes spread out among the seasons. And every yeah, time yeah, I that's try, still not going to get you off the hook. Like eight between the two of you, like <laughs> an average of four. No, wait, 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 wait. Not eight among the two of us. Of like seventy. It's like zero for Russ and eight for me. Let's be right, fair. That's like... what I'm saying. But that <laughs> average is four. And you guys could probably name like every single actor or actress ever to appear in a Star Wars movie or Star Trek episode <laughs> ever of all not time. Quite, not quite like that. But I, I would agree. Quite. I know much but more. Like, this is this is really disproportionate. This is just straight anti-Britishism. Is this anti-Britishism. Come from trauma of debating at worlds? Is that I mean, I love Monty Python. Yeah, so do I. I love Shakespeare. I, I spend a lot of my life teaching it. I, I, I'm a big fan of the British. I don't know. I right. Something about it just doesn't. I've tried again multiple times. I just watch it. I just am like, this is goofball. I've watched multiple have you seen times. Any of the, the, I don't know the, the reboot, Greg, because I have, I have encountered yes. people who who feel like the original is a little too campy, and part of that I can understand the video quality. Like the video quality was not high. My standards when I was seven <laughs> were not were not as high. PBS late <laughs> night were not like particularly. Yeah, you know. We were playing like text-based games still. Like I, I, it was fine, you know. <laughs> Plus, yeah. I had learned by that time. I think I learned by about age nine that like all television is better if it's British. Like regardless, it's just like. <laughs> and like, I would often know, agree like, with people that. People are by raving the way. these days about House of Cards, and I was like, "Oh yeah, the original. That was one of the best TV shows ever." And everyone just blinks at me, and they're like, "The original." Did you ever see? Uh, in the, speaking like, of which, did you ever see In the Loop? The uh, the British political no I've never uh, heard of it. series they they made a movie out of it uh, which was I saw, called oh, in, I saw in the, the movie loop. that's what I saw difficult difficult lemon difficult yes and a, <laughs> lemon difficult and apparently that also starred a future uh, uh, doctor so really there's a connection between no, those two things I've seen uh, I have seen the ones because Cleo watches it once in a while in BBC America I've seen like um, I saw a few episodes with Matt Smith I saw a few episodes with David Tennant. The the problem okay. was whenever I I watched the famous one of the or the mo, the famous Christmas episode that was the one with Matt Smith which some people say was one of the better Christmas episodes, and and okay. the problem I always have is that I it's sort of twofold. Number one, I sometimes find I I find that it very it it kind of the new version and I happen to like Chris Eccleston a lot by the way who was the first rebooted Doctor, and for okay. me it varies wildly from being like incredibly just for me campy and goofy to incredibly gross and terrifying and with like no like off switch like no transition at all so it's just like it's like goofy 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 blink angel nightmare fuel back to goofy 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 goofy. and i'm like (laughs) i'm like how is this a family show like half the family show i'm like this is like my eight-year-old would fall asleep from boredom and then the next part my eight-year-old would be asleep for the next 10 years would be awake for the next 10 years yelling at me for having made her watch something that like uh, occupied her dreams and nightmares like i just i something about the i just i don't know i don't get it i I, not both. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, my God. Like, I remember this one episode where, like, this guy gets transformed against his will into an alien and he, like, takes his head off and it's disgusting. Like, oh, God, why? And everyone's like, oh, yeah, this is one of the more interesting family shows. Like, family show? Like, are you kidding me? Well, I, it's I just, not like Dora the Explorer, right? Uh, like, <laughs> no, there's a middle ground, I think, between a guy taking off his head and Dora the Explorer. I think there's somewhere in the middle there. And it's one of the worst moments. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> As a child watching the movie Superman three, I'm sure I've mentioned this before. Um, there's one particular this. scene where like the the, the woman sidekick henchman yep. is pulled in by the supercomputer and it turns her into a robot killer by like yes. fusing circuit boards onto her skin. It's, and we've talked about it in the report. Her. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrific. It's, I could not, and as much as I loved, you know, a Richard Pryor-based Superman movie, which there should be many more of. I don't know how they would do that these days. It's but... going to be a difficult process. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> many things stand in the way. Twenty-two, twenty-two. I would literally just watch a mashup of Richard Pryor's like comedy special <laughs> on the Sunset Strip with just Christopher Reeve footage, at, like home movies. I don't care, but. Um, uh, yeah, I had to turn off the TV for that part, and I kind of had it timed in my head as to when it would be over, and I could turn the movie back on. Oh, <laughs> like, God, it's horrifying. I totally agree. And I told you guys the no time sense. that completely threw me off was uh, when I was a kid, and I watched uh, in in succession within the same hour the uh, earwig moment from Star Trek II Wrath of oh, Khan, oh, followed by Thriller. This is not a good combination when you're like ten. This is this is a bad combination of it's things. It's not a combination good combination when you're forty. No, that's like, true. That's true. That's true. But <laughs> like, but for different eyes, reasons, like this is bad. Oh news. God. <laughs> oh man. But I mean anyway, I mean that's just like whatever. Like I, I just probably I have a lower I don't like, as you guys know, gross science fiction to begin with. So that's that's just me. That's my own tolerance. But I don't know. I, it's weird because it feels like everything about it should fit. Like it's about right, kind of unusual right. time travel. It involves a bunch of these different doctors with different personalities, all sort of traveling through basically to save humankind, even though they're not themselves human, understanding humanity. Like it seems yeah, like it'd no, be right up my alley. Up and I now. love I love the Sherlock stuff from the BBC and all that. I love that. I just don't. I've bounced off it every time. And I've tried multiple doctors in multiple huh. seasons. And after a certain point, it's like people who say this gets good after the sixth hour. Like, I'm not going to watch 30 episodes to figure yeah, out that yeah, I still don't no, like it. I mean, it, if so. it's not for you, it's not for you. It just, it does for all the reasons that you've listed. Like, yeah. it does baffle Oh, me. I get it. Yeah. No, I, 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 I feel bad that yeah. I don't. I, I just, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you should. <laughs> I, I sort of am like, what's wrong with myself about this? Yeah, yeah man. I don't, I, it's. It's crazy. Um, well, but, you should at least watch one, Russ, because it may be like your favorite show of all time. Like, true. I actually believe. I actually we're still believe talking about like Doctor a, Who. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I believe there's like a twelve percent chance that it will be your favorite show. I've of all time. definitely seen good. one. That being like the first episode of season six of the new series, and I was just very confused. Yeah. I, I also I'm am very confused about Doctor Who. Sometimes that's true. Come in. Well, I mean, I also think that like the reboot is widely distinct from the original because you kind of have to watch the reboot in sequence. Okay. I think because it does build on itself. The original, like I watched in all sorts of mashup order and I appreciated them and they were kind of meant to be standalones. Like Star Trek was like, like right. Yeah. Kind of or they'd be and... like a two part or a four part where you have to kind of watch that episode in sequence, but you can watch them in isolation much more easily. But with the new series it's basically it's basically required to because enough builds on itself and references itself that you should watch the reboot from the beginning. Although the first season is not great. The third season is phenomenal. The third season is like where it starts getting really good. The first season is like fine. So it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. That's it's like, and it's, it, I had to actually pick up because, I mean, because of the, you know, crowd that I hang out with, I had to make sure I picked up all the memes. I don't remember story what the movie is that you never saw, but you could quote all of the, uh, all the oh, memes yeah. and like references. I feel like to. there's a couple like that. Yeah. yeah. That I like drop quotes from all the time. Or Even I though you never saw it. And people were like, yeah, and this time. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't actually know the You movie. stretch beyond my <laughs> knowledge. Just, yeah. <laughs> I just say the stuff. I, I think Big Lebowski was like that. And there were yep. probably a couple of things. Yep. That, that's I like me with Doctor Who. I did try to watch Who. Big Lebowski once and I fell asleep. Big See, Lebowski. Now that, that I have seen a couple times. I've seen Big yeah. Lebowski. So yeah. I don't have Russ's love for it, but I do like it. I think it's good. That one, I was not baffled by why it was a miss for me. I was like, everything about this makes me think I will be the one person who dislikes it. And in a surprise move, I was the one person who disliked it. It's, it's just yeah, so I quotable. Mean, it's it's, it's ensconced. It's Well, like many Coen brother things, it's very quotable. But it's also very ensconced in Southern California culture. So if you're, you're not right. particularly into that, it you know doesn't do anything for you. And, and drug culture and right. bowling. Well, bowling is up your alley. I do like no it. <laughs> Strike against you. <laughs> um, yes. No, yeah. I do love bowling. And I was hoping that would carry me through it. But it mostly felt like if you're not high, you're not going to enjoy this. And 
think but you I would just I get know. mad that they would get distracted from the bowling part of the movie. They're like, hey, <laughs> yeah, gotta, why are you going to return this? this ransom thing? They're like, why are they stop bowling? Go back to the alley. Stop. I remember there was some trippy psychedelia <laughs> with like dancing girls, and I think that's when I fell asleep the first time. I fell asleep two distinct times. So maybe trying. you were so into it because that was actually a sequence when the Big Lebowski had been knocked unconscious. So you just fell asleep you when he fell asleep. I oh, am, yeah. Maybe I am the dude. <laughs> yeah, we have you, similar hair length. So. You do, you do yep. abide. Um, no, I actually, but see, that's weird because I, as you know, never get high or do drugs and I do not care at all about Southern California culture, but I kind of liked the movie anyway. Um, partly, I think partly because I liked, I don't know, I, I like some of the moments of it. I like these sort of moments kind of in isolation. I think the moment about this is what happens when you, you know, blah, blah, blah in the ass. I won't get into it, but you know, and he's like, when he's like, <laughs> he's shattering the car, uh, you know, and like that and, and like the, the spreading the, the, um, not the spreading the ashes, the, uh, the, the thing about Vladimir Ilyich Lenin and I don't know. And also the, uh, the Jesus, uh, the bowling battles against Jesus and that don't matter to the Jesus. I like, I don't know. Some of those moments stand out as being funny for me. I think it's like clerks. I don't love clerks, but I like it. I see why people like it. There are people who adore clerks and I'm not one of those, but I kind of like it. So I don't know. Clerks. I mean, Kevin Smith is such a, he's so adjacent to my life. Like he's, you know, I have all these friends that go to all these geek events and cons and Kevin Smith is at, you know, 75% of these events. And right. I just don't get it. Has he done anything in the last like 20 years? Yeah. Does he did it, uh, Dogma. He did Mallrats. I just don't get yeah, it. Yeah. Weren't those about 20 years ago? The Silent Adventures? No. Mallrats was 20 years ago. Is Really? Is it really that old? I mean, we're old. Well, no. Just I mean, it was college. Really no, it was like, I would say it was like 99 or something like that. So maybe a yeah, little less. Yeah, that's 17 years. It's yeah. getting there. I'm going to look yeah. that up. Uh, really old. Because, because uh, Mallrats was Mallrats? Or Chasing Amy was the last one of those three anyway. Yeah. Dogma was maybe a year after that, but it had Alanis Morissette in it when she was young. So, like, it can't be that new. <laughs> Let me see. I think people have just aged really rapidly in the last 10 years. <laughs> I mean, this may be just me yeah. becoming a middle-aged guy I and think watching yeah, my favorite actors get old. Yeah, I think it's that we're in old. our 30s. 99 <laughs> for Dogma. I love how you're you're middle-aged in your 30s. That's that's hilarious. Um Well, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm you know, uh, one-ninth aged right now, really. Right, exactly. Uh, so, do so Dogma is uh, 1999. You're right. Uh, let's see. Mall Rats is 1995. Wow, that is 20 years old. That's 20 years ago. 20 years old. All right. Um, Boom. Uh, let's see. Clerks is 94. I knew that was older. Um, yeah. And then the Silent Adventures, right? The what? What is it of Silent Dan? Silent yeah. Bob? Yeah, that's it. Silent Dan and Jimmy the Clerk. That's God damn it, Russ. What's the name of it? Silent Dan and Forrest Jay, Gump. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? No, there was a movie called The Adventures of Jay and Silent Bob, which I just okay. found. I knew it. See, that's 2001. Ha! <laughs> wow. 15 years. 2001. So much sooner than 20. 15 years ago. So he has done nothing except go to conventions for the last decade now. Pretty much. And I guess it makes sense because his movies are just very self-referential and referential of nerdy stuff. And they talk about pop culture. And that seems to be his deal is he just likes to talk about other people's things. And he's regarded for being a fan who made movies that people saw, I guess. Well, for I one don't. thing, he's two years older than me. So he's he's 45. He is. Uh, let's see. He owns Jay and Silent Bob. Or not? I don't know where you come down on that. Well, eh, I don't know. I mean, he's. She's <laughs> like, for one thing, here's a completely arbitrary thing about it. <laughs> well, no, I wanted to no, know the for point I was making was that he's like a, Bob. His for one thing, is he is a human. Um, <laughs> he's going to be sometimes. filming. Now, here we go. Here we go. He's going to be filming Clerks Three in May. Uh, well, actually, he said he was going to film Clerks Three in May 2015. I'll take How's movies that, that do not require third sequels for 200, please. <laughs> and then he confirmed, actually, not Clerks 3, but Mall Rats 2. So he said Mall Rats 2 is going to be <laughs> no, coming no, no. out of 2016. No, Dogma 7. No, no, no. He's Mal a fucking trilogy. You can't just be like, okay, we're going to do A New Hope 2, and then we're going to do Empire Strikes Back 3, well, and then Return of the Jedi 5. This, this is what he that. says. He says, we were talking about initially shooting Clerks 3 this summer. Then we were going to get to Mall Rats in the beginning of 2016. Then it jumped into 2015 where we were going to shoot Clerks and then hopefully Mall Rats before the end of the year. But now, based on an effing mall that we all dig that will be going away, the priorities become Mall Rats. So the next effing movie I'm making is Mall Rats 2. What I like about that is that at a certain point, he just starts dropping F-bombs for no reason. He's like, <laughs> now, based on an effing mall, the next effing movie I'm making, you're like, oh, yeah. Like, that sounds I like actually Kevin Smith to me. 
I saw Kevin Smith receive, I'm now remembering most recently, I saw him receive a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Geekies, which is what you can imagine it is. It is its own award show for geeky things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like the art director from Ghostbusters won a thing, and then Kevin Smith won a thing. And, and uh, Jay, his hetero life mate, uh, presented him with the award. And Kevin Smith rambled on for about a half hour about how he liked to make things and talk about the things that he made. And I just don't... His longest Sorry. ever, his longest QA session took place was uh, at the Count Basie Theater in Red Bank, New Jersey. It was over seven hours long. It took place from 8 p.m. through 3 a.m. Following the Q&A, he opened his comic book store, which, you know, he owns one, Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash, to meet with them and ended that around 6.30 a.m. He then hopped on a plane and did another Q&A at the Rouse Center for the Arcs in Crystal Lake, Illinois that night. Planned for two hours, it lasted just over five hours, ending a little after 1 a.m. Central Time. That is dedication, people. Yeah. So maybe that's why. Even though he doesn't do anything, he just talks a lot about himself. He just shoots the shit. And then at some point, he captures some of it and turns it into a screenplay. And the rest of the time, it's just at a con panel or something like that. But there's no difference between the two. He writes one of them in the program that formats things into screenplays. And then the other times, he just says them to people. Interesting. Uh, are you aware of the fact that they have a daughter, that he his daughter is named Harley Quinn Smith, named That's, after yeah. the character from the the, psycho, the psychotic serial killer person? What's a, but to have your whole life be referential to like a pop culture phenomenon that exists for, you know, seven to ten years, it doesn't seem like a good plan. I agree. <laughs> like if my name was like Russ Bon Jovi, you know, that would <laughs> suck for me so bad. But what so it? many people do that, right? Like, do you know how many people were named for characters in Twilight for the, like, oh. eight-year period that that was really popular? How would you know? If will, you were called Edward, you, you really would be like, well, yeah, I named you after Team Edward. <laughs> Is that the only way? I mean... Yeah, your name would have to be Team Edward Bridgestone or something. <laughs> <laughs> Not just yeah. Edward. Fair enough. That's it's, but you're right though. That's terrifying. No, what, I mean, like, that's like know. that's the source of a lot of people's a lot of people's names. I'm just saying. You Good know. God. So I, I don't understand. Carry that I mean, stuff around like the popular whatever's popular. Man, this is why popularity is a great responsibility because you could be naming a generation of youth. It's really true. <laughs> that's really the only reason. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, there's no. It's just it has to do with yeah. whether you're going to name kids wrong. Well, exactly. I mean, listen. The, one of the most important things you do early on as a parent. Your first important job is to name your child because your job is to keep your child from being either made fun of or the hell beaten out of them for the first 18 years based upon your own behavior. So if you name your kid like... I don't um, think either my parents or you handled that responsibility well, Greg. (laughs) Dumbass Jones. Well, no, no, wait. (laughs) Well, see, okay, in in fairness. Just to be honest. Well... I can say that. I can say that because it's also me, (laughs) so... Yes, but but I'm not sure about that, though, because, because, like, well, no, because our backgrounds, which did involve a fair amount of, well... I mean, you know, without getting into too much detail, we certainly went through some pretty serious problems of, you know, getting the hell beat out of us. But in my case, I mean, my name is Greg. Like, they were like, okay. Like, there were other people named Greg who didn't get their butts kicked in. And in your case, I don't think you, I think your name, if anything, would have been a distraction. I'm saying you, my friend. You say me personally? (laughs) Yeah, when you named your daughter. daughter. Oh, but I'm, no, no, no. But, but Cenevi, no, 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 absolutely not. Cenevine is, uh, that's a name that's going to be, see, that's the thing. It can be an unusual name. It, it's fine to have an unusual name. You just can't name them something like Dumbass Jones or, you know, like, like <laughs> yeah. I, I, I Suck Smith or whatever. I think like, Greg, you know, you Greg's naming of Cenevine was similar to me purchasing my eyeglasses uh, back in 2005, knowing that I would, or no, 07 is when I bought these. And I'm like, I know that I'm going to buy a really high quality set of eyeglasses and I'm not going to buy another set of eyeglasses for a very long time. So I have to anticipate what the future fashion of eyeglasses is going to look like <laughs> so that these are appropriate in a decade. And so I bought the the Lindberg's which very few people wore at the time. Right. 
because I'm like, eventually this Peter Sellers horn rimmed garbage is going to wear off, and it never did. <laughs> stuck around. <laughs> and you're like, and the moral of the story, <laughs> like, and the moral like, of the story 20, is it didn't 20 happen. Twenty years, I'll be vindicated. Thirty years, twenty-two, twenty-two, you will be able to wear those sunglasses. <laughs> this is the only reason Russ wants immortality. By the way, is just to pay <laughs> yeah, off to make to outlive his bad it. fashion choices. Yeah, that's, that's that's really that's really what it comes down to. But no, I mean, like, I so so I have I'm always curious about this. So, story, would you find because obviously you like your name. I love would you, my name. So would you, would your first child, would you go out of your way to name something utterly, completely unique? Or would you Absolutely. want a name that is, okay, but like like made up by you as I did? Like what, what would be the thought? So process? I think, you know, I obviously I'm biased to my own experience as we all are. So like my level of, uh, my, my gut answer to that is my level of uniqueness, which is like kind of a ridiculous answer, right? <laughs> like I recognize that. But like... I would say so I would say at the bare minimum it has to be something that people would say that's an unusual name. Like I am fine with a name that like is recognizable as a name unlike my experience. Um but like I'm also fine with something that's not necessarily recognizable as a name. And I think that so so calling know, her Quitzelplim is quite possible like all I mean, consonants. I would like, like it to have some sort of like coherence, <laughs> syllabic coherence. Ladies and gentlemen, Qualoxablaga Clayton. Right, yeah. <laughs> but you know, but no, I definitely I mean, my experience. So, like, I actually don't think I got picked on in grade school, particularly for my name. I mean, certainly there were like jokes like you definitely had to learn to, like, have a thick skin about like verbal puns and whatnot. But like, yeah, it wasn't like I mean, I still think that I got like, you know, having the last name of butts would have been like 27 times worse. Yes. Right. Like, yes. like there are there are a lot of worse things than the name story is just getting some puns or some jokes. So, but like it is just it, once you get past middle school, like it just serves you so well as far as people like remembering who you are and they just giving a little like icebreaker opportunity as a story, like in sort of adult social life, I sure. feel like it's gold. So, yes. Um, yes and I, I also just it. think like life is more interesting that way. Like, no offense, you know, to anyone carrying a more common name, but I, just I am offended. My yeah. common name. All right, Gooberman. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> Russ, your thoughts on what yes. you have to name your child to. Uh, uh, yeah. We've discussed it, and I we think have, the, yeah. the going candidate for the first child is uh, Furiosa Laser Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've so. said in the past that you would never choose a distinctive first name because they'd be saddled with Gooberman, and that's plenty. Like, that's enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah. at this point, it is it is definitely in question as to whether they'll be saddled with Gooberman at all. Like, right. it might, I might bury it with uh, with this child. That might be it. You can I might call take it, like, it to the grave. Bury your child. Well, I guess if you're going to be immortal, <laughs> <laughs> then <laughs> with this clone, he meant the with this clone out of my own children. Yeah, with this you know, that's the other thing. I'm just to go back for a second. The other reason you absolutely have to watch Doctor Who, if nothing else, is because. It is like a soliloquy on immortality and That's its true. curses. Like That's there true. is a huge amount. Like half of the, the lady who gets plastic surgery and is nothing but a stretched out face. No, 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 no because the doctor himself <laughs> is functionally immortal and is okay. like lives to nine hundred and is like mostly unhappy about it most of the time. So yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'm curmudgeonly at thirty six. I can't wait till I'm five hundred and twelve. Like it's going to be the worst. I'm going to hate <laughs> everything. Yeah. Yeah, so so I mean, and I assume that your child but will be called uh, Ross, right? As we've talked about before. Oh God, <laughs> shoot me! Which the which Rich Russ uh, hates with a with a passion. Um, yeah, so we like when when we were uh, when Clea and I were getting married. One of the thoughts we had was, and I she actually discussed it with you guys, was uh, the thought of changing the name because her maiden name was Emerson Farley, hyphenated from her father and her mother, uh, actually mother and father respectively. And so she's like, so she's like, well, so I think we should come up with a new name uh, instead of my just taking your name. And so her idea was Will yes. Emerly, to which I, I was like, I know you I did. Loved, Fortunately, I Russ, I know you did not help me at all. Fortunately, yeah. uh, Russ vetoed it uh, just in time to save me from becoming the Beverly Hillbillies, because that's what would have happened with my name, Will Emerly. And I was like, absolutely not. And then I said, and I admit, I admit that there's a small part of me 
that feels vaguely guilty at the fact that I knew in doing this that this was never going to be accepted as an option. I was like, I'm happy to make the name a three-part high-part name, Wilson Emerson Farley. And she's like, and she hated the hybrid. She's like, no, no one is ever, our child is not going to be saddled with three last names. I'm like, all right, well then, Wilson it is. And I was like, because because Will Emerly is a... I think it's so I, cute. It's I love it. I love I, it. No. I think you missed a huge opportunity there. Will Emerly is like some bizarre cross between the celebrity couple of Will Farrell and like some female star with a last name of Early something. And How exactly like, would you have spelled Will Emerly? I get I don't I mean God knows she never we never like got to that point. W I L E M E R L Y L Y I guess so. Or L E Y. This this is what I would have been cursed for the rest of my life. It would have been like and now Senevine Wilmorley. Like they would have had no idea how to pronounce the last name. And and also it was dumb. Like no, absolutely not. Also no, there's you yeah. know what Jess Wendover's name is now, right? No. No? Oh, you don't know this story? Oh, no. this is amazing. So Jess Wendover last name Wendover at the time, married someone named Sam, um, what was it? Something Babson. Um, oh, Zimmerman Babson. And so they took the first syllable of each of their names and they both changed their last name to Zimbabwe. Zimmerman Babson Wendover. So her name is Jess Zimbabwe? Cool. Yeah, so they're Jess and Sam Zimbabwe and their kids are Zimbabwe's too. And it's oh. awesome. And and Greg, just and you so could you know, have been just as phenomenal. Yeah, should, should you for ever the, for the regret, African country of Will Emerly? Should you ever regret having uh, made your daughter's name Will Emerly? Uh, Will Emerly happens to be a Google whack, which is a term. If you search for it in Google, you get exactly one search result. One yeah. What's the, it what's would the not result? be that if all it's of like a random list of names. <laughs> right, random. I think would be the key. That, well, that's the thing, right? Like, uh, Senevine often asked me, like, you know, so, Daddy, does anyone else have my name? And I'm like, no, not yet, honey. But, you know, if, <laughs> if my books get famous enough or you get famous enough at some point, maybe they'll start naming them after you. But she loves the fact that her name sort of fits together. And she's it's funny because now anytime she meets anyone who wants to know her name, she's now very clear. She's like, what's your name? Senevine. Like, she's very much like <laughs> – you know, she, like, like yeah. bear, bears up for it. And most of the time they get it now. Occasionally still the person is like, Sena, Sena T, Senepede, Senepede, like, Senavine, uh, and then they kind of get it um, at that point, and then almost Welcome I would say seventy five percent of the time, seventy five percent of the time, going through her teenage need of therapy about that issue, just send her to me. Nah, like, she I've loves her name. Seventy five percent of the time, right after that, they say, "What a Did beautiful you know name." That my dad has given up trying to correct people if they get his name wrong. Like he'll he'll order food at a Chinese restaurant, and they'll call him Mister Goodman, and he's like, "That's fine, that works for me." Really. Mr. Goodman will do it. Like it's they just it's assume easy. you reversed the B and like dropped an ER for no reason and like that how do we All the time people are just they, they go out of their way to, to be polite and make the assumption that my name isn't actually Gooberman and so they'll just be like uh <laughs> Mr. Gooderman? 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 Like No, no. people rule out the possibility of my first name yeah. constantly. They're just like yeah. they're like whenever I first meet people, the one thing they're sure I did not say is story. They're like <laughs> I know he said something, and Corey? I will figure it out so as to be polite. But I, w I know it was not story. It sounds so like Tory. Definitely not that. Tory Stewart Stony Stony. Infinitely more. I, seven or nine times in my life, I've gotten Stony. Stony. I'm like, how is Stony? Now, granted, a couple of those, a couple of those instances, there was a quarterback playing for the UNM Lobos when I lived in Albuquerque named Stony Case. So that was like a couple of those. Okay. Mm -hmm. But like, how Stony is like automatically a more viable name than Story? I will never understand. Has yeah. anyone ever guessed Satori, which is uh, a Buddhist term for awakening? No, that one I have not gotten. I That's... have not. Because that would be a cool name. That's a good one. I've told you guys that I've I've had, I mean, look, Greg Wilson, I think is the most ordinary, normal name of all time, coupled with the, why don't you use your middle name? Yeah, Andrew. That's really knocking him dead with the, uh, I've, I've never seen this before files. Um, but there are a couple of times when I've, uh, where I've said Greg and I've gotten Craig. That, that I understand. I've gotten Rig. I'm like the goddamn lizard from the last Starfighter. How did we get Rig? Rig? Are you talking about Rig? I actually named a character in one of my graphic novel in my graphic novel Icarus Rig, just in the hopes that I was like anyone who thinks that will not think of me anymore. But like, yeah, Greg sometimes, and I'm I'm pretty careful about how I pronounce it. But I'm just like, oh, it's Greg. All right, Rig. 
Gorg. I got Gorg once. I'm like Gorg. Yeah. It's like Gorg the, un- <laughs> the Gorg the ever living. Gorg the ever living. <laughs> just uh, like, but my and my dad. It all comes from my dad because my dad. Uh, my dad's name was Donald Douglas Wilson. His original name was Douglas Donald, but he hated Doug with a passion, which was his father's name. Double D W. So he moved it to the middle. And became Donald Douglas Wilson. Now, yeah, DDW is not bad as an actor. Double you know, DW. DDW. But yeah, so. Jibbly dibbly. Jibbly dibbly. Jibbly Did Did you ever find like you. See, because I feel like, Russ, your name. You see, you can get out of the problems with your first name of being like, my name is Russ. And everyone's like, ah, oh, yes, yeah, strong name. And I feel like if any, if you were inclined to feel this way, story though, you shouldn't be because story is yes. an awesome name. But Clayton no, I, I is like a good it. solid yeah. name that you know. No, one's no, ever... it's true. I mean, so... I always had backup. My middle name is William. My last name is Clayton. And my parents, to be to their credit, like did throughout my adolescent years, like every year, the like, clockwork, they would ask, "Do you want to change your name?" And I was like, "No, absolutely not. I love my name." Oh, that's I cool think. that they gave it an option. Yeah, no, they did. They did because I think that they felt, you know, they were uncertain. I mean, they really liked it, but they had sort of different crises as I was going through, you know, the educational system of America, being like, "Was this really the right?" Yeah, but no, I, I never, I never wavered. So I think my parents would have just been confused. Like, you want to change your name to Andrew Gregory? What's the point? Like, yeah, thanks, mom and dad. Thanks. So you many, know, as, so many varieties there. You know, as regular as it sounds, Russ is often difficult for people for whom uh, English is not their first language, and so I always get uh, not always, but often, yeah, it's Rush, or they're like <laughs> Lus, or they just don't get it. Lus? They don't get that Russ is a name at all. So I'll just say Russell because that sounds like a more concrete thing. And and, and of course they'll say that, but then for some reason they'll get Guberman completely right. They'll be like Lush Guberman, like completely yeah. understand How that, right? You do like, <laughs> What's your middle name again, Russ? Al. Russell Russell Al Guberman. Oh come so, on. I, I call him Al Guberman all the time. Al like, Guberman. You do, you do. I know. I just forgot about yeah. that. But I, I feel like <laughs> Al is not a backup too much for you anyway, because you're not gonna you're not gonna jump to Al and all Well it's weird. It just does weird things. It's like you could say Russ Al or Russell Al. Russell Al favorite is taking away the rust completely and then i'm l al which is like <laughs> which is an airline i believe it is an airline it also means like a deity in some cultures. there you go <laughs> yeah. my god did this l al come before us you're like yes you're like ah it, it's very close to call l which is dope so i'll take that it explains a lot of your love of superman <laughs> yep yeah i have um uh uh clea's middle name is vanessa and um, and so you have Clea Vanessa Emerson Farley and her um, father and mother disagree about what the Clea came from, because Clea is one book of the um, book cycle by an author named Lawrence Durrell. Um, and that's what one of them claims. And then another one claims it was named after some actress whose name was Clea. So they disagree and they're not likely to. It's quite a distinction. Anything. Yeah, it's it's a pretty significant departure, which may explain something about why they're not together anymore um but uh they, they have very different memories of things but um but yeah and so and clea of course has gotten claire that's a very popular one cleo sure. that's another one um chloe that's another big one so she's she's gotten she's gotten the mix and Cenevine, once people get it the good thing is they don't forget that name like they don't go yeah is your name julie like they don't they get it so See, that's the thing about the distinctive name. It's 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 a little bit more work up front, but then the rest of your life, people will remember you. Like, literally, you can meet someone and 30 years later, like, see them again, and they'll be like, Story! And I'm like, yeah, yeah, And it's yeah. a badass <laughs> author name, too. Like, if they see, like, Story oh, well, yeah, Clayton, they'll be true. like, oh, my God. You know, like, yeah. that's... I mean, God, got, that's why I have to use my foot. That's why I've got to be on every convention conference. They're like, so just Greg Wilson on the badge? I'm like, no, Gregory A. Wilson. Because otherwise, if you just do Greg Wilson, you get like a serial killer in Florida and a bio professor in Michigan <laughs> and like a comedian and a freaking magician in Texas and all this stuff. To be so fair, those Gregory are all a. you also, yeah. but you don't yeah. like Yeah, but we've <laughs> promised not to talk about those different oh, versions right. of Sorry. me right here. Edit that out, right? <laughs> but no, you know what I'm saying? Like Gregory A. Wilson, you need the full name to, to have a shot at people being like, okay, I guess you're different. Or just bite the bullet and use a pseudonym, but I don't want to do that, man. I don't want to use a second name. I have a hard enough time, you know, convincing people that my first name. Do you think just these naming conventions, is is it is that all it takes 
to describe our personalities as to whether we're considered, you know, outside the norm or we have uh, extreme beliefs or we consider ourselves like, you know, just uh, conventional citizens? Is it is it that simple that just you have the experience of people thinking you're a little weird because you have a weird name and the rest of your experience is consistent with everyone else? I think that's influential. Interesting. I'd have, well, I'd have to think about famous people in history with strange names and see if it, like Pol Pot, like that. Or that Eng- that guy clearly was not in front. Of Engelbert the... Humperdinck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, or uh, Ch- how about how about Chuck Mangione? That guy was born to play a flugelhorn. Something else people don't understand. Slapty back Dinglebard. <laughs> <laughs> I know a name which does not exist. He is, no, I'm just doing he's an doing Eddie an Eddie Azard. <laughs> Eddie, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and while we're on the subject, you know Eddie Izzard. I mean, right? So no, that... I mean, I really, I, I, I do wonder. I do wonder, like, you know, I mean, when I tell people, yes, I'm an aspiring writer. What's your name? Story. Like, I definitely get enough of an eye roll, and it's like, well, no, but, oh, well, um, I, well, I get maybe, that. I'm an aspiring maybe. comedian. What's your name? Guberman. Come on. Yeah, That's the <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> no, name. I mean, it's, it really does yeah. give you a little bit of pause. That's just yeah. like, well. So your names, but are you guys Greg saying your names? Greg should have been a baseball player. I was just going to say that, right, Gregory <laughs> A. Wilson. Well, so your names, like, were your destinies then. Like, that that was it. It right. drove you to the paths that you guys currently follow. Mm. Your, your names defined you. Like, you had no actual free choice in the matter. You're, you were just, That's the minute that I you worry. discovered that you were named I mean, the Story honestly, Clayton, you had to be like, the next American novelist, the next I great American novelist. I can't disagree with any of this because, like, granted, my mother's father, whose name was not Guberman, was one of my strongest comedic influences. But then who would marry a man named Guberman if not for the daughter of another funny man? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think it all still goes back to Guberman. See, I feel like that name, though, there's going to be a point, Russ, where you're going to make it as this, like, you know, major, major talent. And and it's just going to be a name that everyone's going to be like, obviously. Like, like I mean, look, Dane Cook has somehow made a name for himself as a comedian despite having the most ordinary sound. Dane, last name Cook. Like, you could not have a more ordinary sounding name. But Russ Guberman is this, like, unusual, like, that. that is the thing that people will just be like, yeah. Like, it, it's a name that stands out. It just, it's like Carrot Top, but without the pretension, you know? Like, I mean, it's just there. It's right there for you. So, you know, you can really just compare him to Carrot Top. Sure. I think it's a very appropriate thing. If I'm lucky one day. (laughs) I could be at Carrot Top's (laughs) level of comedy. Why not just go for Gallagher, man? Why not just be like, one day you smash watermelons? Well, I was thinking, I was thinking Bill, I was thinking of his favorite uh, Bill Hicks, right? But I was like, that that don't, that doesn't fit the name. Bill Hicks was never even that iconic. And George Carlin, same thing. George Carlin's name is not that unusual either. Like, it's not, you know? Dave Chappelle, maybe. I guess it, none of them. I think more of them were just, you know, beaten as kids and had horrible life experience rather than just their name being silly. They, uh, you think you think Richard Pryor since we were Richard talking about Pryor grew up in a brothel. His mom was a prostitute <laughs> and his dad was really? a pimp. And that's not uh, hyperbole. That, actually, that's really? true. Wow. He had an unbelievably traumatic uh, childhood in wherever uh, inner city, maybe Chicago or somewhere in Illinois, I think. Um and uh, yeah, and that's why he's so funny because he comes out of just this pure trauma, and so he had to cope to survive that he to develop that sense of humor with either comedy or cocaine, depending on the on the moment. Well, so, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so so yeah, interesting. I guess I guess I mean I don't know. So you think when Adolf Hitler was born, was he like all right? So I mean, come on, he's named after Hitler. Like, what else is he gonna do? <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> it's so meta. I just, I, it's, it's funny to think about the like whether the actual name would have led him to. Like, do you think Kim Jong Il? See, that name doesn't strike me as a name where you're like, oh god, like, like, or Mao Zedong. Do you think? I don't know. You, you think? You think he, he hears that name and he's like, this is the man. Jo- like Joseph Stalin, I could see. Your name is Stalin. Well, well I guess that, I got to send fair. some people to the pogroms. And then. and Stalin means steel in Russian. And that's true. What was, was his original name? That's true. Drugash that wasn't his name. Ely. That's true. That's true. That's true. Drugash that's true. Yeah. That's true. So, so he had to choose. That. Which, to be fair, was probably like pretty hard to deal with growing up. Like, now, what about Gandhi? Gandhi sounds like a Yoda-style name that requires someone to have wisdom almost immediately. He didn't choose that, right? His, well, his name... I think you only think that in retrospect because Gandhi's associated with that. I don't hmm. know. 
If Gandhi had been like, if Gandhi, Gandhi had been a serial killer, we would have been like, yeah. Gandhi is my <laughs> okay. Right, you would have been like, like they're gone. <laughs> oh God! If we knew of his face-eating lizard heritage, then we would have that would have been all the time that would have made that possible. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Stalin, um, I heard an NPR report today that there that Russians generally are thinking better of Stalin these days. They just have a generally better opinion of him than they used to. They like, they've out on forgotten him. a lot of the atrocities, and they're just like, yeah, he just he got a lot done, and we appreciate that. And so there's a um, there's a nonprofit going around. Um, uh, s- screwing in plaques into buildings of people that were kidnapped and disappeared by Stalin, memorializing them to remind. And most people don't want the plaques in their building. You're like, oh, it's depressing. Don't want yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought when you an atrocity was committed here now by bread. Like, <laughs> yeah. I I thought that you were when you started this, you were saying that there was a nonprofit going around to buildings, putting plaques saying Joseph Stalin kidnapped people here. Isn't this awesome? Like it was a celebratory. <laughs> like you guys remember how Stalin right. was actually here, not that bad a guy. Here. He kidnapped someone here, comrades. Isn't that great? Like, <laughs> I mean, what the hell? It's a nonprofit. It's a nonprofit that, uh, yeah, is trying to memorialize people who were, you know, especially so many academics and artists uh, yeah. during I forget what it was called, the Great Terror. Was that the period when he was uh, just abducting and killing lots of people at the beginning of World War II? It was, it was uh, referred yeah. to uh, memorably in, uh, of course, in Animal Farm. You can get all the information you'd ever want there about mm-hmm. uh, the Russian Revolution and what followed with Stalin. Um, the, uh, yeah, I, interesting. So I wonder if this is, see, this is why I've made the argument some episodes back about the cell, you know, sort of locking in your, uh, your sell by date. You know, you have to lock in like, okay, this is what we believe about you because otherwise, like what happens eventually Robespierre is going to go through this, right? Eventually they're going to be like, yeah, you know, they call it the reign of terror, but really, you know, we use the expression heads will roll all the time. I don't think anyone really means anything by it, you know, like that sort of thing. Like eventually people will start questioning Ah, uh, you know, I mean, Hitler, not that bad a guy. Killing fields in Cambodia, eh, were they really killing fields? Were they fields of kills? You know, so this is this is the problem. This is why, so I actually admire the nonprofit screwing in plaques. I like the idea that it's sort of a guerrilla, like a rapid response team too, so that you could have two people having a conversation in front of a building. And if one of the team members overhears them talking about like, you know, oh, I understand Stalin's not that bad. They immediately run over and like immediately just pull out a, like a, a just like drill in like right into the corner, like the plaque of their building right there. And then they just nod at them and run away. Did bad stuff, bad stuff. That's what we need. We need a rapid response team that can immediately put a permanent reminder near a stupid conversation being held of how that conversation and why it is stupid. You just need so you need a group of people with plaques that can go around and do that. I'd be all in favor because we we've all had that scenario, right, where we've been sitting on the subway or walking along the street and we just hear someone saying like the most asinine dumb things. Wouldn't it be helpful to just have like you wouldn't want to do anything to them directly? Just have a nice permanent reminder right near them, you know. In the form of a plaque, or I, a, you know, I, I think it's know. just that's extremely. Now that I think about this whole thing, the story that I've reported on to you guys, it just seems very analog to me, and I feel like Mark Zuckerberg should really just be in charge of this whole thing. Like every once in a while, Facebook should just remind you that Stalin was a bad person. That's just, <laughs> just like part of the they algorithm. Have like an international day for it or something. It's like International yeah. Remember Stalin Day. Man. Yeah. We all <laughs> no, 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 but that's that's not good enough. International Remember Stalin Was Bad Day. Because if it's just right. International Remember Stalin Day, they'll be yeah, like, um, more... is the good guy? Is that the good, you know? So, yeah, yeah like that's, see, and I, I feel like that's, that's yeah, that would be a good idea because like Google does this, right? Google always has the thing now where they have uh, the word Google, if you go to the Google thing, often looks different based upon like what's going on in the world. Well, they um, memorialize, you know, luminaries and inventors and famous people, but rarely does Google tell you that, like, don't forget that Paul Pot also committed genocide. That's true, and you need to. Like, you couldn't do it with everybody. Like, you'd have to do like the like the Unabomber, right? Like, you'd have to like do things to be like point out. Oh, I remember when the Unabomber was a bad guy because he was, and so you'd, you know you'd you have know, to sort of have a standard by I, which things were set. At at the risk of getting our podcast flagged by the uh, the NSA, like I think that the Unabomber <laughs> is one of the right. most. I, I guess so. I think Unabomber is one of the more sympathetic murderers in uh, U.S. history. Like he really had a cogent philosophy, and he was doing very targeted things to very bad people. 
Greg signs <laughs> off. <laughs> Player left. I was just waiting. I was like, I'm gonna let Greg. Do I wanted. Thing. I wanted story. I wanted to give us both a chance to to, to react. <laughs> no, um, his whole manifesto was like, look, these corporations are squeezing the life out of humanity via their their production and their pollution of the earth, and and he went after like these. So I will kill an act- letter bonds. He, he went after like Dow Chemical, you know, executives and like like pretty universe, universally evil university professors. University professors. <laughs> he was a university professor. Yes, that I uh, trust me. I know the breed. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I I'm not. Like, I consider becoming uh, it every day. I, I think about it all the time. Um, no, I mean like you know, no, no, just no, no. I mean the problem was that uh, his philosophy, as is often the case with with sort of insane people um reaches a certain point and then you just sort of depart reality because he's like you're like yeah i totally buy blah 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 he's like and therefore i must kill these people who are employees of them and you're like uh and then you start to hear more details about the people that he chooses to get and you're like no that now okay let's abstract this for a moment just so let me play uh, are we really going to spend i'm just curious i'm okay with it i'm just curious play all right i'm gonna play all right, here's Malthus's advocate. Real I quick want a debate case on the Unabomber once, so that that, that brings back to So advice. let's forget about the specific case of the Unabomber. Um, I saw a great YouTube lecture by a statistics professor who was talking about population growth. And he talked about how people don't have a sense that, you know, if you have a growth of, say, I think it's 7%, that represents a doubling every 10 years, I think is how it works. Um, and part of his lecture talked about how all of the things that we do to preserve life, uh, better advanced healthcare systems, uh, nutrition, reducing war, uh, having you know infrastructure, all these things are great for society. They are also great for facilitating overpopulation, which inevitably causes these massive calamities. Mm-hmm. And so the only things that can prevent these massive calamities are – uh, you know, random natural disasters or disease or famine or things that will uh, kill off uh, enough of the populace such that the overpopulation is delayed. So if you have this knowledge, this is, you know, this is a problem that nobody wants to have and nobody deals with this problem in our society currently. Nobody has their eye out for this uh, with the exception of maybe a few small nonprofits who have no political power at all. Who are too busy going around hammering plaques to buildings about Stalin. Yeah, so exactly. You know, that's that's the extent of what they did. Just like, Stalin was a bad guy. <laughs> Actually, the Malthusians don't agree that Stalin was a bad yeah. guy. <laughs> hey, guys, what about population control? No, what we need to think about is getting Stalin plaques up. So let's just do that. But I mean, like, under that rubric, uh, Zika virus, the horrible thing that's happening in uh, the Americas right now with the Zika virus causing all these birth defects and... and millions and millions of women being told to put off giving birth is a good thing for the human race? Well, I mean, no. The, I mean, the answer is Question no. That, that is not a good thing for the human race. Your conclusion, which is therefore bomb some people, is not the conclusion we can draw. Like, Or, or, or to advocate sort of active depopulating processes. Is, is not the sort of answer to, you know, we don't want to have happen what's happening right now with the Zika virus. I mean, here, see, and here's the argument. Here's the reason that, here's the argument that I think is the most effective when it comes to, you know, someone have, you know, a person, why should we have another person? Why should we have a baby with overpopulation, et cetera? The answer, I think, which has always been the best is that the, there are certainly chances that the child you have will not do good things in the world and will be a drain on the world and its resources, right? You could end up giving birth to Hitler. You'd like to think you wouldn't be. You'd like to think that you would raise your child in a different way. But, you know, it, these things, it, it could be that would be happening and that would these be an awful thing happen. for, you know, sometimes you spill some milk and you get, you know, a genocidal maniac. I mean, like, yeah. you know. Um, however, it is also the case that you often produce um, people who are, such geniuses, such great leaders that you are able to, in some ways, mitigate the effects or the impacts of some of these things going forward so that, and Russ, you'll appreciate this, you will create someone who is a genius and will figure out how to be able to 
for example, get uh, rocket travel, which is rapidly becoming something that's viable, you know, rapidly, where rocket travel, you know, into and out of the atmosphere and eventually to closer planets is not something that's like five sure. centuries away. And, 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 and know, that's uh, and that leads to terraforming options. Yeah, and, sure, of you course. Know, so. And, you know, as debaters, we're all very familiar with this argument. But I don't think it's an intellectual argument, this though. Is, I don't think that's, I don't this think is that's a very old counter to the Malthusian argument is that just have more babies. Right. But, I mean, it also, it relies on an assumption that, technology will save us from ourselves no uh, I, I don't not automatically but i think you sort of remove mm. the possibility of being saved from ourselves at the point when there are no human beings left to do it like i mean you know well so. i mean i don't deny that genius will lead to innovation in these various things that the human race probably should be involved in the question is whether we're gonna strangle I mean, ourselves most of our to innovation death. goes into killing each each other right like like the vast quantity of human technology has been designed or motivated by annihilating other people who are slightly different than you so like let's you know technology gets a good name i think disproportionately in this particular era but like let's Te not technology know. is as always is the case a just like rhetoric by the way a neutral tool, which in the mouth of a madman leads to, uh, you know, the Holocaust, and in the uh, and in the mouth of a compassionate genius leads to Martin Luther King. So, I don't think it's I mean, always. It, you know, I don't think it's always neutral. Technology is a tool. I don't think. I think I don't it's think pretty it's neutral. I, I mean, why wouldn't it be? Like the same the the same ability that someone could use to create killing machines is the same kind of thing that could use its the sort of knowledge of how to kill people better also to save people better to preserve people better how to I don't see how transportation firearm technology could actually save people well uh if if by the same technology which allows you to propel the bullet from a gun makes it easier for you to launch more efficient rockets which will get us off the planet before it falls apart from climate change and everything else i think you'll have your answer Right. I mean, the point is, and I don't know what what that is. I don't know, like whether one to one would be the case, but I don't I don't think technology I think technology is always in the hands and the eyes of those who use and see it. I, I that's and so those are the people you have to worry about. You your job, sir, is to change the hearts of those people. And their job well, then is to use their minds oh, appropriately. But I mean, I think my answer to Russ's question in changing the hearts, and this is something that I've you know written a fair amount about and I talk about even more and like is probably rapidly becoming one of my most passionate issues because poverty is the root of basically all the ills and poverty is driven massively by overpopulation is by getting people comfortable with the maintenance society because i think growth as a concept is probably you know and i don't i don't mean spiritual growth or educational or learning growth but growth in the concept that it's traditionally used in an economic sense or in a material sense in the human population and ultimately growth of the human population i think is the most dangerous thing that we're facing and mm -hmm. it's Danger. It's more dangerous than other things, largely because people don't see it as negative. People see it as unmitigated good, and capitalism preaches that it's an unmitigated good. And the only society that actually makes sense is not one that is predicated on cancerous growth, but one that seeks to maintain things at the same level that they were. I agree before. with that. Actually, because I that's agree in, with you. Yeah, and that's because that. that's yeah. in harmony, and that's everything that we see in the natural world is trying to teach us that, and that lesson is what we have totally forgotten in the last you know five centuries of total massive overgrowth so i, I agree with that that, that yeah. to me is the solution because then you don't need anything to save us because we're not growing and spinning out of control and then we can funnel you know we can still funnel the growth into you know research if you like into philosophical growth which is woefully outdated compared right. to the technological growth right. into you know thought education sure that stuff is all great that doesn't require material acceleration but let's just hold with what we have we don't have to go backwards we don't have to nuke everything and like go back to the stone age or cut the population like but you know then which is why i actually think that china's one child policy was actually like completely reasonable because that was an effort of saying you know it's not that we never have children again and we die off or whatever but let's let's have more maintenance to something that we can afford and is reasonable yeah and, i agree with you and i think what you said at the end there is exactly the right way to say it which is that right. you can funnel the uh, the desire for growth into many other fashion into many other sort of arenas and right, one right. of them as you just said is that there is clearly a desperate need for ethical and philosophical growth. There's always a need for artistic Amen. and creative growth, which I, I think needs to be done. So I'm 100% I'm with you on that. I don't think there's any question at all that Great. that's true. Uh, 
you know, the question is just, yeah, no, I mean, now seven million people to go. Right. And Russ, no, I'm I'm down with you completely (laughs) on that. Russ's theory is like, then therefore let the Unabomber do his work. (laughs) Well, I only feel like the Unabomber is a last resort when he, you you (laughs) see a system in which there is no population control. But Russ, the last resort of a guy who picks out a couple of names from a freaking phone book and is like, I don't like this guy. He works for a company. He's also a university professor. Screw that guy and the C plus I got in second in sophomore year. Here, have a bomb. Like it's so ad hoc and erratic. I don't think and, it like, was. No, I think it was very uh, well thought out and targeted. It was and not. you know, it was obviously a super extreme action. And even if he was successful for years and years without being discovered, he may very well have had zero effect on the future population of the globe. Do you like how but Russ is trying to caveat this? How he's like, you heart, know, I mean, granted, it was, was definitely right a not place, a good thing. Guys. I'm not going to argue it's not. <laughs> like, I mean, come on, man. I'm looking up Ted Kaczynski right now. Here's what I'm saying. Something needs to change. And, you know, unless we start electing Ted Kaczynski's president so that, that his letter bombs are sanctioned by world governments like we need to do something extreme because and i think partially and god help me i'm trying really hard not to get us back into a which democratic candidate do we like best thing but i really and i really don't want to talk but i like any establishment candidate to me any pro-business candidate is a pro-growth candidate and is uh, someone who is tone-deaf to the notion of global warming, tone-deaf to the notion of the dangers of population growth, of the dwindling natural resource base. This is the number, in my view, this is the number one issue for humanity right now, which is that we're destroying our own ability to survive by destroying the biosphere in a bunch of different ways all at once. Okay. And the establishment is committed to that process of the destroying of the biosphere. That's how growth exists out of converting the biosphere into commodity. Until we get out of that framework, we are going to keep heading in a direction that will be, you know, antithetical to survival. And that's that's my problem with with either conservative or establishment or pro-business or pro-free trade, you know, candidates, is that it's all just another peg in the inevitable line towards human destruction, like without taking a severe turn. And I don't mean a turn to the left politically. I just mean we have to veer off the course we're on. We're probably already too late. Uh, so I, I have found your list of bombings. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Greg's just going to ignore the future oriented and focus on the ad. I'm not, and I'm I not also, in favor of, love, of discussion of fatalism. It's my, it's my list. It's like, these are my bombings. Here's, here's your bombing list. Um, so we've got, so we've got the president of United Airlines. Okay. So I don't know. You can make an argument. Airlines destroy the country. I don't know. Uh, then a university secretary, secretary. Secretary. Wait, wait, wait. It was a secretary because it was intended for someone and she opened it, right? An engineering, an engineering professor, uh, a graduate student, a computer store owner. I guess we had decided that, uh, you know, in 1985, clearly Packard Bell was uh, the second coming of the I don't know. Mark in of the 1985, Beast. that's some forward-thinking shit to be oh, like. Oh, my God. AI you know what we're going to discover? You know what we're going <laughs> to discover when we die and life has explained to us doctor who style we're going to discover that ted kaczynski was actually a time traveler and these were all people who were like the future hitlers of our society that we realize and they were all like it seems random but they all went on to meet where to god it made sense create the dictatorial targeting a german painter like exactly weird i i swear this is this is the creation early for their their malice to be discovered to be comprehensible this and is it's the... like why would you kill this austrian baby it's a baby oh, what's wrong with you it's the yeah. creation <laughs> this is the creation of a really really dreadful like see a sci-fi like b-level you know c-level movie in which someone does this and he's just like what if you knew the possible fate yeah. of every yeah. person on the earth would you become the unabomber and then like you see this like ted kaczynski as hero instead of rambling psychopath 
who randomly hits other people in his process of sorting out the world, which, of course, is the other problem, right? Like, you're like, well, look, it wasn't like the secretary was really his target. If she was just not stupid and not opening her, his mail, like as was her job, this never would have happened to her, right? I mean, come on. Who's with me? She was just a cog in the machine, right? You know, you gotta, it's, 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 <laughs> it's the mail openers that are really the uh, underlying. They are the true evils. Societal, yeah. <laughs> Nobody opened their mail. Everything would grind to a halt. Seriously, does anything good ever come in the mail? Honestly, like we can just get rid of all that. I don't know, People man. Keep insisting that we need to find out what's in there. My daughter today. I, I, I my daughter today got a uh, got a book. She likes this uh, series of uh, comic book graphic novel things called uh, Hilda and like the Black Hound, Hilda and the and the Cave Troll. Like it's uh, like this girl meets all these unusual and strange creatures, and the illustrations are great or whatever. So she got that book in the mail, and then in the in the box that it came with was this form that was called uh, Grays. Have you heard of this company? So it's a company that allows you to buy boxes of snacks, which they will then deliver to you. So apparently, okay. we are theoretically so lazy that we will not even get up and go to the pharmacy to get snacks. We will now order online. Could you please send me, because these boxes are not large, could you please send me a box of pretzels as I sit here in my house so I could grays literally the name of the company oh that kind your of snacks. grays i was yes. like mr and mrs gray came up with this idea. mr gray no yeah. grays isn't like you know i, see. Oh, I, cattle thought, grazing. I thought people were ordering medical textbooks and that was like, <laughs> yeah. your big complaint about the world Grays yes. snacks there's <laughs> snacks yes no grays like you know as in the cattle okay yeah um so well, when the, when all the stores yeah. close in five years like that will be that'll that will be, be what important. we need <laughs> that will be an important they're just trying to think ahead yeah. of their time jeff bezos <sighs> is all over that shit he'll buy that up in five seconds and then it'll will. be flown in by drone by amazon drone to your house that'll be the thing that'll happen but when um, we do yes i'm sorry i don't mean to play greg but uh, I have the well, people, I was the people have arrived. Oh, good! And I was just about to. I was just about Excellent. to do it. Oh, okay. Just as I was about to do it now, because we have reached the end of an hour. If you think that, um, if you the, just uh, killed all those people, Russ, you could stay on longer. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> if uh, you think that um, that uh, Russ's name or Story's name or my name, Greg, is a name that um, should conjure either good or bad things in anyone, or if you think that um, Russ's defense, full throated defense of the Unabomber, is a good one, <laughs> uh, please make sure to let us know at uh, or the if you want to go back um, in time and kill baby Russ because, uh, because of Doctor Who then let us I'm know please check us out and uh, <laughs> thanks as always for listening we'll catch you guys soon say goodbye everybody if it weren't Bye. for the Unabomber uh, Goodwill Hunting would have been a slightly less good movie <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he did it oh, yep. it all makes sense now well, the last time I saw old man he knew him better did da da da. He was chasing a female he knew him better did da da da. As he shot past, I heard him say, She can't fly, but I'm telling you, she could run the pits of a kangaroo, but I don't She can't fly, but I'm telling you, she could run the pants of a kangaroo. Well, there is a moral to this ditty, um, ba da 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 Frost can sing, but he ain't pretty, um, ba da 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 Duck can swim, but he can't sing, nor can the eagle on the wing. He knew can't fly, but I'm telling you, he can round the pants on the kangaroo. Well, the cook a bar laughed and he said, it's true, um, ba da 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 